Yeah, it's such a joy to be here. I'm just so thankful. I love being here, as Pastor Lynn said. My fifth time being here, and I think we did miss one year, not five in a row. Five and six years because of COVID, we had to miss one, sadly. Yeah. But we just, we've all blocked that year out, right? So it feels like five in a row. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know what I just said. Just so, so thankful to be here. Pastor Lynn and Renee, yeah, just so honored. Thank you so much. Just honor what you guys are doing in this house. And you, you, you mentioned that I carry a father's heart. Man, you, you both carry a father and a mother's heart, like very few I've seen. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a privilege. I feel like I've been fathered over these last five years and just how you've believed in me and championed me. Where the first time I came in here, I had just started pastoring. And before that, I'd come out of the corporate world and I didn't even know what I was doing. And these guys still believed in me and, and allowed me to take the pulpit, which is very brave. But yeah, but thank you. I also want to just honor Pastor Norm and Pastor Ruby just for the legacy that's been created here. Yeah, just so thankful. So thankful. You can feel it. My whole team, when we were prophesying on Thursday night over the Valley School or Friday morning, a whole bunch of them prophesied into the legacy of this church, and I, and I know you guys are an integral part of that, so thank you for that. And the rest of the pastoral team, just love all of you, Pastor Rich and Kathy and Pastor Tim and Christy, probably not here yet, but yeah, just so honor all of you, and I love you all, and so thankful to be here. I want to quickly introduce myself to those, who has not heard me before? Anyone new? Ah, oh, cool. You're probably all Californians, right? You just moved here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I know if you're not Californian, you don't want that label on you. But nothing wrong with California. Our gas is better than here. We, we pay $1.50 more. It must be better, right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm from South Africa originally. And I'm married, got two kids, two beautiful kids. And they've been with us a few times, but they, they're back in Reading at the moment. We moved to Reading nine years ago, and I attended BSSM, which is Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. And I did three years there and then got hired on as a pastor at Bethel about six years ago. And yeah, I've been doing that for the last six years, which has been such a joy, such a privilege. And I get to pastor people like this team of mine. And these students are just phenomenal and it's such a joy that I get to travel with them. And this year I've got 32 on my team. And some of them are at Salvation Army this morning. So I think we have about 20 with us today. But they're from all over the world. We've got India represented. Like it's very international. Australia, Brazil, Argentina. We even have Texas in there somewhere. <laughs> Switzerland and yeah, just multinational. Um, and it's, it's been so fun. Can I share some testimonies of what God's done this week? It's been wild. Okay, I, I'm, I sent them all a text this morning. I said, please just send me just very brief a one line of, what, of some things that you've seen. So I'm just going to list them out. Uh, someone couldn't turn their head to the right from a car accident, and they got healed after prayer. Strength returned to the neck where muscles had been severed and removed. Uh, neck pain, gone. Mobility restored. Ringing in ears, gone. A person was limping. We prayed for the knee and she started, she was completely healed and started jumping. I saw, I witnessed that one. That was fun to watch. Sense of smell returned after having COVID for two years. Chronic migraine healed. Uh, lots of back pain removed. Ringing in ear and hearing loss restored. Floaters in eye removed. Hip pain healed. Next soreness, discomfort healed. COVID long-term effects healed. Hand pain and dizziness gone. Uh, two people saved in a bar. Wasn't that fun? Uh, a girl was healed from back pain, from hemorrhoids and pain in the pelvic area. Stomach pain left. Wrist pain went from a 10 to less than a 4. Pain in foot left. This is a long list, which is good, isn't it? Um, a little toe got healed. 
we got to celebrate those little toes. But this guy had surgery planned for this week to, for, for his toe. And he got healed on Friday night. So he, he now can cancel his surgery. And then his shoulder and neck got healed as well. Uh, ears were opened. Pain in left knee healed. Right elbow healed. Floaters gone. Left shoulder healed. Back pain gone. Neck pain gone. Knee healed. Leg grew out. Vertigo healed. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. so fun. We, we just love to be a part of that. And guys, healing is in the room. Whenever we release testimonies and anytime the presence of God is here, He just loves to heal. So if, if you're needing healing in your body, just receive those testimonies for yourself. Whether it was a condition that got called out or something else, it doesn't matter. The, the character and the nature of God and the desire of God is to heal. So you can just receive that now. And, yeah. Can I pray? Thank you. Thanks for permission. God, we're so thankful. So, so thankful for, for who you are, for your love for us. Thank you that you pursue us. Thank you that you never leave us, you never forsake us. Thank you, God, that we were your idea. Before you created anything, you had thought of us. You already delighted in us. You had chosen us. And I thank you, God, that even when we messed it up, you pursued us and you came and rescued us. And you've given us of your spirit so we get to live in union with you. We get to experience intimacy with you. We get to walk in power and we get to extend your kingdom. I thank you, God, that you've restored the original plan and purpose for mankind, that we would take dominion over the earth, that we would extend your kingdom, that we would cast out demons, that we would heal the sick, that we would destroy the works of the devil. God, I thank you that you have given us that authority. And God, I thank you that today as I preach, God, that your words will come out of my mouth. God, that you will anoint this message, that lives will be changed, that hearts will be opened and, and healed, and minds will be renewed. And I just pray, God, for a fresh baptism of your love today, a fresh baptism of your fire and of your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I told you, I'm from South Africa originally, and, you know, us Africans, we enjoy the wild. And I'm actually going back to South Africa in June to visit my family, which is wonderful. I haven't been back for three and a half years. I'm super excited for that. And we actually have a safari planned where we're going to go and we're just going to do the typical safari game drive thing and see wild animals. And I've had the privilege of doing that, you know, a few times in my life. And I love seeing wild animals. I love seeing them in their natural habitat. I love seeing just Something being who they were created to be. Have, you, have any of you seen like a, a wild, a lion or an elephant or something in the wild? It's so, it's so special. I, I, I went to this elephant park once, massive, massive. It's not like anything caged, like huge area, open area. And they had some of the biggest elephants in the world with the longest tusks. And I was in this, in this, uh, this truck the game viewing track and one of these elephants they at the time the, the game ranger said to us it was the biggest elephant in the world I don't know how true that was I don't know how they figured that out but that's what they said this elephant walked right next to our track like literally I could have gone like that and touched it and when you see something like that that kind of potential walking past you you just know wow, I need to be careful. Like anything is possible. Anything is possible with this elephant right now. And it's the same. You see, the, you see lions out there in the wild and you, you see them and you know like if you're in a track and you, you see a lion out there, you're like, I'm, there's no ways I'm getting out of this track because this lion can destroy me. It can take me out. And it quite possibly will. And today I want to talk about being wild. 
And, and when I say, when, I, when I'm talking about being wild, I don't want us to think that means being crazy or being rebellious or being unteachable or anything like that. I, I want to just make that clear up front. For me, being wild is being untamed. It's being who God created us to be. And I see, I see your, your mission statement is to equip and empower you to fulfill your purpose in Christ. That's how I would define being wild, is that you would be everything that God created you to be. To be able to step into the full purpose that God has for you. And I think over the years, we have been tamed. I think the church has been tamed. I think the church is called to live like Jesus lived. When I look at Jesus, that guy was wild. When I look at some of us, when I look at myself in the mirror, I'm like, man, I've got a long way to go before I'm wild. But I'm on a journey. I'm on a journey. Last year, somebody gave me a prophetic word about being wild. And it was, it was a marking moment. It wasn't just any random prophetic word. It was a marking moment for me where I knew that this is what God is doing in me. This is, this is a journey that he's got me on. And to steward the word, I put a little bracelet on my wrist that says wild just because I need that reminder every day. Every, every day, I need to look at this thing and see, oh, wild, I need to be wild. God, I need to be everything you've created me to be. I need to not be tamed. I think, I think many in the church, we call to be lions, but we become little domesticated cats. Or we call to be wild elephants and we become a little circus elephant. Or we call to be a wild dog and we become a poodle. I have a little poodle. They, they're not wild, I promise. <laughs> I, I, so I want to talk to you today a, l- a little about becoming untamed, becoming the true version of ourselves. Like what has God put in us? Why has he created us? You know when you get a, an elephant, and I'm using animal analogy because we're talking about wild and it just it works the best. But an elephant, a wild elephant, they can be tamed to work in a circus by simply the way that they part of the, the process. And it's, all, it's normally always fear-related, so they, they beat the animals. Like, they're very cruel to them. Um, but one of the things they do is they tie a chain around the elephant's leg. And they chain it to a stake so the elephant grows up from a young age knowing that it can't go further than the length of that chain. And then as the elephant gets older, they don't have to use a chain anymore. All they need to do is put a string or something around this elephant's leg. But the elephant has been so trained to believe that it's chained and it can't go anywhere that it still lives and just walks around in circles. It's all it believes it can do. But there's so much potential in this elephant. All it has to do is just be like, oh, I'm out of here. Let's go. But it doesn't know that it can do that. And guys, I personally, I am tired of being a, purpose, a person of potential. I don't know about you, but I am tired of being a person of potential. What I mean by that is, God has created us to look like Him. He is the Lion of Judah, and He is the head, and He wants His body to look like a lion. He doesn't want His body to look like a little cat. He wants His body to be untamed again, to be wild like He is. You know, Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden... God created them. I believe they were the original design of what it means to be wild. There was nothing taming them. There was nothing holding them back. There were no restraints. God had given them only one command. Do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They could do anything else they wanted. Okay, so being wild doesn't mean we can just do anything. Okay, it doesn't mean we don't submit to authority and and honor our leaders and all of that stuff. But they had freedom. They lived in perfect union with the Father. They lived in perfect connection with God. And He gave them the instruction to go and take dominion over creation. 
But then what did they do? They got tamed by a voice. They got tamed by the serpent, by the devil. And he came and he lied to them. And so many of us from a young age, we have had different authority figures or people, whatever it is, speak and lie to us. And these lies have come in and they have tamed us. They have told us that we aren't who God has said we are. They've told us that I'm not going to measure up. When we little kids, we're like, oh, I have a dream to do this. And someone says, oh, you'll never do that. Immediately we tamed. We just got tamed. When, we like, when we're loud and we're fun and we just have one of these big charismatic personalities and someone says, no, be quiet, be quiet all the time. We just got tamed. We're not called to be tame. This world is not going to be changed and transformed and turned upside down like the early church did if we are tame. We have to partner with the Spirit of God and do what He's called us to do. I look at David. David was someone else who was wild. Oh man, that, was, that guy was wild. He killed lions and bears with his bare hands. And you know, he spent a lot of time in the wilderness. Sometimes we don't like the wilderness. We don't like wilderness seasons. We always want to push past them. We want to get rid of them. We're like, no, I don't want to be in the wilderness. No, God, just get me back into your presence. Hey, the wilderness is a place where we discover who we are again. The wilderness is a place where David discovered his potential, where he recognized who he was and what God had put on his... He, he was prepared for what God had created him for in the wilderness. It's actually a beautiful place, the wilderness. It's quite a privilege to be in the wilderness season because God's doing something special. He teaches us who He is. He reveals His own nature to us in the wilderness. So if you're in a wilderness season, rejoice. Rejoice. He's preparing you. Jesus Himself had to go into a wilderness season. He had just been, he just had the greatest prophetic word anyone could ever receive. The Father himself opened the heavens, spoke to him and said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit came down upon him. Everything was perfect. Conditions were perfect. And yet the Spirit led him into the wilderness. He had to discover his wildness. He had to overcome a couple things. He had to defeat the enemy in the private. And when he did that, he came out of the wilderness, not just full of the Spirit, not just knowing his identity, but full of power. Amen. Valley Church, you're called to be full of power. You're called, you are called to walk in power. Listen, Christianity is not just about coming to church, singing a few songs, hearing a good preach, and going home and being a good person. That is boring. We're believers. We're children of God. I don't know. Don't even call yourself a Christian. Like Christian is a label that's given to us. But I think we're more than just a Christian. We're children of God. We get to live like Him. We get to do what He did. We get to be wild and free. We get to walk in power. We get to extend the kingdom just as Jesus did. So David slayed a lion and a bear. Wild. And then he goes, visits his brother, his brothers, and they're part of the Israelite army, and there's this giant coming at them. Guys, an entire army was freaked out by this one giant. A whole army that was prepared, that was trained. They were freaked out. But this one kid, this one kid who had discovered the wildness of who God had created him to be, he came out of the wilderness and he went and visited his brothers and he saw this giant and he was like, I know who my God is. I've seen him. Him and I, we're close. And I know who he's created me to be and I can take this guy. And the Israelite army looked at him, all his brothers, they were like, you, you're crazy. Yeah, put on, put on all these, put on the armor. Hey, let's try to tame you. 
I want to try tame you quickly. Let's put on the armor. Saul wanted to tame him. And David was like, no, no, no. I'm a wild man. I can take it. I can take him. What about Jesus? Jesus was, he was wild. Like I said, he was baptized, spent a little bit of time in the wilderness, 40 days, came out full of power. And then he just did what he saw the Father doing. He was filled of the Spirit, and he went about healing all who were oppressed of the devil. He didn't come under any religious system. He honored the law. He obeyed the law. He was a perfect man. He didn't sin. So being wild doesn't mean we can go be rebellious. But he followed the Spirit. And he just did what God asked him to do. He did what his father asked him to do. And sometimes that didn't make any sense. Sometimes that offended the religious minds. But he still did it. And it worked. He saw anyone who came to him for healing got healed. He saw, the, he saw demons fleeing. Everyone who came to him was delivered, set free. You know what I love about Jesus and all of these guys? They were free from any kind of guilt or shame. Adam and Eve, I'm going back to Adam and Eve now. So they were wild, living free, no guilt, no shame. When, when Eve was created, God said, or Adam actually said, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bones. And then it says, they were naked and unashamed. Now to me, being wild, being free is like kind of being naked. <laughs> At least when I read naked and unashamed, it's like, yeah, they were, they were wild, man. They were just, they were free. They didn't care what anybody thought. But you know, some of the things that have tamed us is fear of man. Fear of what people think of us. And so when they did sin, when they did eat of the knowledge of good and evil, suddenly shame came over them. Suddenly they became aware that they had done something wrong. And so they hid. They hid behind a little bush, like trying to hide from God, like really. And God came looking for them and they said, hey, we're naked we, we hid from you. And he was like, how did you know you were naked? What have you done? And immediately, guys, they had been tamed by their shame. They had been tamed by their shame. They no longer could connect with the Father because their shame was holding them back. Jesus has come and rescued us from shame. He has delivered us from shame. In Ephesians 5, it tells us Paul, Paul is talking about um, marriage and husbands and wives and he's using this analogy for the Christ and the church and he actually quotes that um, the passage from Genesis straight after Adam and Eve were created where it says and the father, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife Paul quotes that in Ephesians chapter 5 and he says it's referring to Christ and the church and so immediately after it was said in Genesis that a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, it says that they were naked and unashamed. Now, Paul, when he quotes it in Ephesians 5, saying that it refers to Christ and the church, that passage is all about the benefits of being in our union with him. Where it says we're now holy and blameless. We're nourished, we're cherished, we're set free. So when we come to Jesus and we're in union with him, we go back to that place that Adam and Eve were in where they were naked and unashamed. That is what is available to us. We get to be completely free. Guys, shame will tame us. Guilt will tame us. And yes, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying we, we can sin and like we shouldn't repent of our sins. We really should repent of our sins. Like sin is, we've set free from sin. We should not be sinning. We're new creations. We're, we, we're slaves to righteousness now. Sin shouldn't even be part of the equation. 
But if we do, His blood covers us. It sets us free, and it sets us free from any shame. You know, I wish, I wish I'd known this 10 years ago. I knew it in my head, but I didn't know it in my heart. And I, I, I live tamed. I live tamed because of shame. Shame kept me hidden, and there were things in my life that I hadn't told anybody that I didn't want disclosed because of shame. Even my own wife didn't know some of the things. And when I got a revelation that I was free, that, that God loved me, that He had forgiven me of all my sins, when I fully knew that and understood that and knew that I was loved and accepted by Him, then I knew, oh, I, I can talk about this. I don't need to be ashamed. I don't need to hold this in. I don't need to hide it anymore because I'm free. I'm accepted. I'm loved. <laughs> Guys, if you're, in, if you're experiencing any kind of shame, I want you to know, first and foremost, you're loved and accepted by, by God. Amen. You are forgiven of every sin you could ever commit. Past, present, future, you're, you're already forgiven. You're a new creation. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Your sins are gone. He remembers them no more. You're a brand, brand new, beautiful creation. It doesn't matter what you've done. There is no sin that God cannot forgive and has not already forgiven. We do not need to live in any kind of shame. And because of that truth, if you are still living in any kind of shame, I encourage you, don't keep it hidden. Don't keep it hidden. Let it out. Let it, let it come out into the light because when you do, you'll be untamed. I promise you, that thing that's been holding you back, will, it'll just be like something released and you'll be able to step into something free and something new for yourself. I promise you, I have done it for myself. I see it in my students every year. They, they come in with shame, heads hanging down, just all tightly bound up and then they get a revelation of the gospel and they talk about the stuff that they're ashamed about, and boom, they free. Amen. So fear and shame, they, they hold us back. I love that His perfect love casts out fear. Oh, it's so beautiful. When we get a revelation of the love of God, we don't have to fear no man. We don't have to fear what people think of us. We don't have to fear rejection. We don't have to fear disappointment. We don't have to fear being lonely. We don't have to fear any kind of attack of the enemy. We don't have to fear anything because His perfect love covers us. When you know that you're seated in Christ in the heavenly places, it doesn't matter what comes at you. The worst case scenario is something, you could die. Yeah, that's real. That's the worst case scenario. And then guess what? You're going to spend eternity with Jesus. <laughs> and I'm not celebrating death in any kind of way. Like you guys know that. But that's, come on, what are we afraid of? We're told that in Scripture that He set us free from the fear of death. We don't even have to worry about that. That is the worst kind of fear, and we're free from that even. Fear is going to keep us tamed. Fear is going to make us look like a little poodle. I'm serious. You guys are not poodles. You're wild dogs. Come on now. You know some other things that have tamed us? Belief systems. Lies come in. They creep in. Hey, even in the church. Church, if you look through our church history, just belief systems have crept in that has tamed the church and reduced it from being this wild church, the early church when, when the Holy Spirit was poured out. It says in, in Acts 17 that they would turn the world upside down. Yeah. Amen. They changed everything. Not by political systems. Not because the government changed laws or anything like that, but because they were filled of the Spirit and they brought the kingdom. Amen. The world needs the kingdom. It, listen, this world is not going to be changed by our governments. It doesn't matter who our president is. 
It doesn't matter who the world leaders are. They are not going to change. They are not our agents for change. It's through the church that the manifold wisdom of God is going to be made known. It's through us. Yes, we pray for our leaders and we want them to make good decisions. But that, that's not going to ch- turn the world upside down again. It's us. It's you and me. It's the church. We need to rise up. We need to stop being victims of government leaders and waiting for them to bring the change. And we need to rise up and say, no, I'm the powerful one. I'm the one who's called to bring the change. They're not even called to bring the change. But I am. And I need to do it. All throughout church history, things have, have crept in that have tamed us. They were wild. You know, even in, in Acts, when Peter was in prison, he got led out of prison miraculously, and he goes and he knocks on the door of, of his friends who are praying for him, and the servant girl tells everyone who is in the room, hey, Peter's at the door. What was their response? They were like, oh, no, that's just his angel. They had such a belief system that the angelic and the supernatural was so real that they thought that it was Peter's angel knocking on the door. The angelic was so real to them. But somewhere in church history, we were told that the angelic is not for now. That was just for back then. And the same with healing. Oh, no, healing's not for now. Healing was just for the apostles. Oh, prophecy's not for now. That was also just for the apostles. Tongues, oh no, that's demonic. No, no, no. I know I'm being extreme. Although not really. It's actually pretty accurate. We were even told dancing is not for now. That's not for the church. We can't dance. We can't be happy. We can't be joyful. Why? All those kinds of belief systems that crept in, they've tamed the church and reduced it from being a wild lion to just being this little pussycat. That's not who we are. That is not who we are. And it's time to renew our minds to the truth. Let's not be conformed anymore to the patterns of this world, but let's be transformed by the renewing of our minds. One of the things that certainly um, tames me is a love of comfort. <laughs> oh, I like my comfort zone. I don't love it when the Holy Spirit asks me to do something that I'm not comfortable with. It's like, oh, no, I don't want to get up at 6 in the morning. <laughs> I like my sleep. Guys, we need, we need a break out of our comfort. This is not a time to be comfortable. This is not a time. This is a time to be wild. You know, wild animals, they, they nev- they're never comfortable. They're always on alert. Always. We, we need to be alert. We need to be ready. We need to be willing to sleep in uncomfortable places, do uncomfortable things, say uncomfortable things, do whatever he's asking us to do. The early church were not comfortable, I promise. And they turned the world upside down. You just read Paul's account through Acts and the different letters that he wrote. That man was not comfortable. Some of you love the wild in here. You just love being wild. You love doing crazy things and free things. And I think that's, that's just who God's created you to be. And I love that. And I love that. And now he's calling you to be wild for him. He's not just calling you to be wild out there in the world, you know, being a speed demon or whatever it is, or like just going out in nature all the time, like those things are great. I I, I like all that. But it's more than that. It's being wild for Him. Guys, when Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost, or on Pentecost, in the early church, there were 120 of them, and Holy Spirit came upon them. And we just saw something wild take place. That, like that whole experience was wild. Holy Spirit is wild. It says in John 3, where the wind blows, it, it can, it'll blow wherever it pleases. 
so it is with anybody who is filled with the Spirit, who's led by the Spirit. Like he, the Holy Spirit's wild. He does what He wants to do. Amen. And we're called to follow. And we're called to keep in step. And so when He came upon them at Pentecost, and they were empowered. Can I read? I want to read something to you. This is good. I'm opening my Bible. In Acts chapter 1, I love the Holy Spirit, and I love Holy Spirit just touching people. It's like my absolute favorite thing. So these kinds of passages are my all-time favorite. And the Lord's had me in the book of Acts this whole year. At the beginning, I think it was actually even since August or so, he said to me, I want you to read Acts. And I was like, okay, how, like, for how long? He's like, until you get it. So I'm, this is probably my fifth time reading it through because I haven't got it yet. There's still more to get. It says, while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Such a fascinating question. Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he says, forget about the timing. There's three, there's three questions that are being asked there, three parts to that question. At this time, timing, kingdom, restoration of the kingdom, and the third part is Israel. He answers the first part, the timing part, and he's like, none of your business. I'll do that when I want to do it. The second part, the restoration of the kingdom, they still had the old mindset, a military governmental mindset, where they thought now, Jesus, now that Jesus has died and risen again, maybe now he's going to sit on the throne, maybe now he's going to be king of Israel, maybe now he's going to, he's going to be the, whatever they called it back then, the president. <laughs> they were still thinking like that, they were still thinking in earthly terms, and his response to that was, the restoration of the kingdom is going to come through you. I am going to baptize you in power, and you are going to go out and be my witnesses. Amen. The restoration of the kingdom comes when we are filled with his presence. When we are filled with power, it cannot come any other way. There's only one way that we are going to live wild and free, and that is when we are filled with the Spirit of God. And the third part he addressed, the Israel part, he says, yes, you'll be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and Jerusalem. That's all Israel. That's great. But then he also says, and to the ends of the earth. Valley Church, you called to take the power of God into Caldwell, into Nampa, Meridian, Boise, the rest of Idaho, the states around it, the rest of America and the rest of the world. You are called to be his witnesses. The word witness can also be translated martyr. Yeah, we don't like that one. Guys, when we live wild, when we live wild, we're laying our lives down for him. We're saying, God, at any cost, I'm doing it but fill me with your power because I cannot do that in my own strength. Fill me with your power and I will lay my life down for you and I'm going because I want your kingdom extended. We cannot live wild. We cannot be untamed until we have the baptism and the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus breathed on his disciples in John 20. So his disciples, oh, I love this. His disciples had been with him for three years they had been equipped. They had been discipled. They had the best equipping anyone could ever have. The best. They'd been with Jesus for three years. They had seen how it was done. They had heard all the wisdom that he had. 
Imagine living with him for three years. What a gift. They even had him breathe on them. He breathed on them. I believe when he breathed on them, that was like they received the Spirit of God inside of them, which changed them from the inside out, gave them a new heart, made them a new creation, transformed their own lives. But you know what he said to them in the next breath? He's like, yeah, we're not done. You, start, you need to wait for the Spirit of God to come upon you in power. The breath of God is for us. The power, the baptism is for the world. The breath changes us. The baptism changes the world. We can't have one without the other. We, we need them both. We really do need them both. The world needs us to be whole, us to be transformed. We need to live under the breath of God all the time. We need to live, let Him change us from the inside out. Oh, we, we need Him breathing on us through intimacy. We need that. But we also need those moments where the power of God comes upon us and, and equips us to go. For us to be untamed, we have to know the gospel. We have to know the truth of what Jesus has done for us. I'm going to wrap up shortly. We have to know the truth of the gospel. We have to know the truth of the gospel. We have to know what happened on the cross. We have to know it. We have to know that, that when Jesus died, we died with him. Our old nature was taken. It was crucified with him. It was buried with him in the grave. It'll never, ever come back to life. It cannot because it's in the grave, and that is where it belongs, and it will never, ever come out. And we have to believe that when Jesus was raised from the dead, we were raised with him as new creations. Brand new creations, free from the old sinful nature. Our sinful nature, this nature here, this is what desired to sin. This is what desired to, to do whatever it wanted, to please itself. That nature is dead. If you're still, if you're struggling with habits, with sinful habits, you probably still believe you're here. You probably still believe you have a sin nature, but you don't. That's where being transformed by the renewing of your mind comes from. We need to believe the truth of what's happened. When you know that you know that you know that you're a new creation in Christ, that you look like Him, you and Him are one, and now just as He is one with the Father, you are one with Him and one with the Father, and the same desires that He has to live a righteous, holy life, you have. That is who you are. That is your new nature. That is the truth. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to strive for it. It's been done for you. It's a free gift given to you by God. All we need to do is believe it, and we're transformed into that as we believe it. We have to know who God is, and we have to know who we are. To live untamed, just as David, he knew who his God was. When he went out to slay Goliath, He's like, I've got God on my side. This is going to be okay. Because he knew who God was. When we know who our king is, when we know who the creator of the universe is, how much he loves us, how powerful he is, how much he is for us, nothing's going to stop us. Nothing is going to stop us. If he asks us to take a step that's uncomfortable, that, that we would normally be afraid of, and we know that he's with us and we know his nature, we'll be willing to do it. We'll be untamed and live wild when we know who we are. So we know what the gospel has done. It set us here. We need to know who this person is. Know that you're a son or a daughter of the king. And that is who you are. You are a son or daughter of the king. Beloved son. Loved by God. So loved by God. You know he will never be angry with you again. He's just so kind. He's such a good father. He's such a good father. And you're his beloved child. So loved. Seated at the right hand of the father in the heavenly places. So that his immeasurable kindness can be poured out upon you in the ages to come. When we know this and we grasp these concepts, nothing's going to hold us back. 
Nothing. So we need to know the gospel. We need to know who we are, know our identity, know who God is. Be filled with the Spirit. And be led by the Spirit. Just as Paul said in Galatians, and we need to keep in step with the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Follow the leading of the Spirit. We need to keep in step. Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Holy Spirit, what are you doing? The more you spend time with the Spirit, the more you spend time in intimacy with Him, seeing His face, hearing His voice, the easier it becomes. The two just become one. You and Him, you're one. It gets easier and easier to follow the Spirit. Your thoughts become His thoughts. His thoughts become your thoughts, I should say. It just becomes easy. And you naturally start walking around like a lion, thinking, where is the devil because I want to destroy him? Where is the works of the devil because I want to destroy him? Because that's who you are. That is who you are. Guys, we, we, we don't need to be tame anymore. We don't need to be little poodles. We don't need to be little cats. We don't need to be circus animals. We don't need to be a zoo animals. Let's be wild ones. Let's get back to who God has called us to be, who He's created us to be. Reconnect with the truth of who you are. And, and I want to encourage you as well. Like, Go on this journey of renewing your mind to the truth. And I want to say, don't let anything get in the way. Don't let any kind of shame get in the way. If, if there are big blockages in your life that, that you need to go after, you might need to go for counseling or something or even trauma counseling or something to get rid of some of those things. Just do it. I strongly encourage you to do it. I, just even a couple years ago, I went for trauma counseling and other counseling because of stuff that had happened to me many years ago that I saw was coming up and just, it was just a blockage for me. Oh, I can't tell you how, how worth it it was. It just brings freedom. There are things that have happened to us from young, from young to old that have tamed us. And we don't need to be tamed anymore. The Lord is asking us. Church, I, I'm, I'm convinced of it. The Lord is asking us to be wild again. The Lord is asking us to be wild again. And yes, all these things that I mentioned, knowing the gospel, knowing who you are, being filled with the Spirit, those are all beautiful. But just do whatever you need to do to, to break off the things that are holding you back. Is that good? So if you're sitting here and you're like, man, I know I've been tamed and I want to be wild again. I, I want to be everything that God's called me to be. I'd love you to, to stand and I just want to pray over you and then we are going to go into a time of ministry. I think we're going to have a fire tunnel um, because we want you to be filled with the Spirit. I want you to be filled with the Spirit. I don't believe we can live wild unless we're filled with the Spirit. And a fire tunnel is just the easiest way. That's just a word we use um, because it's like a tunnel and the fire of God is released. But it's a real easy way to lay hands on a lot of people. So it's just a, an effective tool. And so we're going we're gonna to do that in a minute. But I want to pray for you. I want to pray for the wildness of God. And I do believe that some of you are going to start encountering the Holy Spirit right now in your seat. You're not even going to have to come forward. You're not going to have to walk through any fire tunnel. Hey, Pastor Tim. <laughs> the Lord is going to touch you. He is for you. Guys, can I just say something? The Lord desires this more than you do. He wants this more than you do. He wants you to be free 
and alive more than you do. He wants you to be wild more than you do. You know, when the Spirit of the Lord comes, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty. So many of the things that are taming us and holding us back, they are just set free. We set free of them in His presence. He is the one who delivers us. He is the one who redeems us. He is the one who restores us. He is the one who heals us. Times of refreshing are in His presence. Times of healing are in His presence. Times of liberty and freedom are in His presence. So God, I thank you for your presence now. God, I thank you for this house. I thank you for this church. I thank you for every single person in this room and even those that weren't able to make it. God, I thank you that you have called them to be all that you created them for. And God, anything that is holding them back, anything that has tamed them, anything that has made them smaller than they are, anything that's reduced their ability to to walk in power, God, I just break all those things off them now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we just command anything that is holding them back to come off them now in Jesus' name. And Father, I ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you will come and that you will touch us and set us free. That you will empower us just as you empowered and fell at Pentecost, God, that you will come and empower your church again. Come and move, God, all the way across this room and touch touch hearts, God. Touch our hearts, touch our minds. Awaken things inside of us. Reawaken dreams again, God. God, silence the voice of the enemy, accusation, torment, things that have held us back, God. I thank you. You silence those things right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God, for truth to be revealed, for truth to come and be revealed and spoken to each one of them. Open their eyes, open their ears, God, to the truth of who they are. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, just come and just do a beautiful work. Do what only you can do, God. Do what only you can do. God, just as you took us, we were dead and now we're alive because of what you did. In the same way, God, we ask that you'll take us from being tame to to be wild. Only you can do it, God. Only you can do it. Thank you for your presence, God. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for a wild church. I thank you that this church will never be the same again. I thank you that every person here will never be the same again. I thank you that signs, wonders, and miracles are going to follow them. I thank you, God, for the great commission spoken over them, that they will go into all nations and making disciples of them all. I thank you that they are going to preach to all creation. I thank you that they're going to be your witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. I thank you, God, that every person here is wild for you, is wild for you, God, moving in power and might. Thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, God. Amen, amen.